Welcome back. I want to start this episode with a couple of questions for you. I want to know what style of shoes you wear to the beach. Would you ever wear high heels to the beach? How would that affect your experience on the beach if you had on three-inch stilettos at the beach? Or I want you to think about going on a hike. Maybe you're hiking the Grand Canyon. How would that hike go if you were in flip-flops? How would country swing dancing go where you're spinning all around if you were in sandals? All of these things help you realize that your shoe wear makes a huge difference for the activity. And obviously, these examples, you're like, yeah, these are no-brainers. Obviously, you don't wear a pair of high heels, six-inch stilettos to the beach. But I think oftentimes, we aren't fully aware of our shoe wear during exercise. We understand that footwear matters, hence why in soccer, lacrosse, football, and many other outdoor activities that are on fields, we wear cleats. Or basketball players wear high tops and so many other examples. Tennis players, tennis shoes, golf shoes, for golf, all of those things. But for fitness, are we really aware of the shoes and how it is affecting our ability to do that exercise? When I used to teach classes, I would come into a hit class And it just blew my mind when people were wearing running shoes because we're moving laterally. And running shoes aren't meant to move laterally. Or when I was training someone on a gym floor and they had some pretty cushiony high-top shoes, yet we were working on deadlifts. Often the shoes that we are wearing during our physical activity, if they're not matching what the need of the activity is, it can be part of a cause of aches and pains or it can help prevent those aches and pains. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about shoes and what shoes you should be wearing for what activities. But first, I want to give a shout out to Michelle. Michelle Gleason, exactly what I'm looking for. As a mom of three little boys who has been lifting and working out for a year, I'm loving this podcast. It is exactly what I'm looking for. Thank you, Michelle, so much for leaving a review. And if you find this episode helpful or even have an opinion on shoes for different activities, please leave it in a review. Let me know what you thought. I'd love to hear from you. And it only helps the podcast grow and it only helps us be able to learn and get more guests for the show. Also, don't forget to follow along wherever you listen so the episodes get downloaded directly to your phone every Wednesday and you don't miss anything. And before we get into today's episode, I do want to point out that I am a big fan of sleep. It makes such a huge difference in so many aspects of your life. And I know it's really complicated to get as a mother and truly even just an adult in general. So one thing you can do that can help is get some high quality, comfortable sheets. And this is why I am a massive fan of Cozy Earth. We have used their products for two years now. We have their bedding, they have pillows, they have blankets, they have pajama wear, and it's made out of viscose bamboo, and it's also temperature regulating. They were on Oprah's favorite things list in 2018, and they have such a lengthy warranty. It's so awesome. So you have plenty of time to test it out and make sure they are a fit for you. They're breezy, they're timeless, they're comfortable. They are just so nice, especially if you and your husband run like slightly different. They're just so soft, and they do help regulate the temperature a little bit. 
Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today for 40% off site-wide if you use the code SIMPLE40. Again, SIMPLE40, 40% off. You will not regret anything you buy from there. In fact, when we have to change our sheets and I have to go to another set, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to buy another set of Cozy Earth sheets because I hate when we have to use the in-between sheets because I love my Cozy sheets so much. Again, SIMPLE40, 40% off Cozy Earth. All right, let's get into it. What shoes to wear for what activity? My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So first, let me start by saying I do actually change my shoe activity to activity. I will always be honest, I don't teach something that I don't do myself because that's a hypocrite and nobody likes a hypocrite. So there are some shoes that I have that I feel are very versatile, but I still will change things out based on what I am doing. I am not going to wear the same shoe when I am just going on a walk, and maybe it's a long walk, that I'm going to wear when I am doing kickboxing. Because of the lateral movement of kickboxing, it's very different than a walking shoe. So please know that I am going to discuss a few different shoes. I will say if I have tried that shoe and what I think, and I will say if I have not tried that shoe, but I have researched it and it has really great reviews. So those are going to be the options that I'm going to give you so that you have some ideas for every category of activity. First, let's start with strength training. That is lifting weights as a standalone activity. When you are lifting weights, you do not want to be wearing running shoes or walking shoes because the purpose of those are very different than what you need for when you are strength training. For strength training shoe, you want it to be flat and stable with very little cushion. The purpose of this is because when you are doing movements where you're pushing and pulling, you want the foot to feel grounded. So imagine a deadlift and a deadlift, let's say you have tons of weight in front of you. A deadlift is when you have a bar or dumbbells in front of you on the ground and you're picking them up off the ground with a flat back and your glutes are slightly back. In a deadlift, if you were wearing a running shoe, it would have a lot more cushion on the heel because the purpose of a running shoe is to match your foot gait when running. But because of that cushion in the heel, it would be harder to drive through your heel to stand up in that deadlift, to really push through that heel. Because in the deadlift, you really want to power and push away from the floor with your heel, but it's like pushing into a fluffy pillow. So that's not an effective shoe. You want there to be very little compression in the sole with a solid base for lifting. In a lifting shoe, you also don't need a ton of arch support, and you also don't need to be scared to even try lifting with no shoes on at all because it actually does have some benefits for the lower body when you lift with no shoes. Because remember, I said really flat and stable, so you really truly don't even need shoes for doing certain lifts, especially those lower body lifts. I'm sure you're thinking, what? (laughs) No shoes for lifting? Yes, and I can explain why. So I sometimes wear lifting shoes, but if you notice in my stories, a lot of 
times when I am just in my workout space and I'm filming a move of the day because I tend to do those where I just show movement or I'm just filming something quickly in my little space, you'll notice I'm not wearing shoes a lot. So I do also take off my shoes sometimes. And even at the gym, sometimes if you go on the lifting floor, you will notice people doing lower body lifts with very flat shoes or without shoes. And the purpose is because when we lift without shoes, it helps your foot get stronger because your foot has to adapt and move. And sometimes the shoe can prevent the foot from stabilizing because the shoe is the one stabilizing. So lifting without shoes can make your foot stronger and more flexible and more adaptable. It also helps with coordination and balance and it can help with proprioception, which is the awareness of how your body moves in space. So what that means is your feet actually, especially the toes, will kind of spread out and stabilize the body during those lower body lifts. And sometimes they won't do their job as efficiently if we're in the wrong shoes or if we're in really cushiony shoes. And so it can make that awareness a little bit better. We can also catch imbalances when we are seeing what our feet are doing lifting without shoes for those lower body movements. A really fun fact that I learned was how much the big toe helps stabilize our body and also helps the other joints in the foot and the plantar fascia so that the calves can actually generate the power. So basically what's that saying is that big toe is the base of our stability and when we don't have shoes on, we can make sure that we're doing some of that work and it can help us recognize when we have not effective biomechanics for those lower body moves. So flat shoes or try it barefoot, see how that goes. If you are a power lifter, though, that is someone who is lifting big weights, big compound movements, I mean heavy, heavy weights for deadlifts, squats, snatches, all of those things, then sometimes they will use an elevated heel for movements like a squat. And typically they do this because it allows them to keep better form because of their biomechanics if they have a little bit less mobility in their ankles because they're not able to sit back in that squat as well. So it can help them keep good form and power up with more weight weight. But if you are not a power lifter, you do not need lifters. That is a different style of shoe. And if you're just a regular strength training, regular workout, then I think a flat shoe would be better or barefoot. For strength training shoes, I do suggest Nobles. Nobles can be good for powerlifting or for just regular strength training. I have a pair of them and I do like them for lifting when I'm lifting alone. Another shoe that I stumbled upon probably in the last six months is Flux Footwear. I actually really like their shoes. If you watch my videos, you'll see me wear them a lot. They are a very flat-soled shoe. They have a gum at the bottom, just like a rubber gum, but you can get them in any color, but mine's like a rubber color, and they're white. I like them because they have a nice grip inside the shoe. I'm able to pay attention to what my feet are doing in the shoe when I'm lifting for the lower body. And they're really cute. So I actually wear them casually. Like I wear them with jeans all the times and rompers and all kinds of things because they're actually a really cute shoe. And you can wash them because I got a white pair. And the worst thing about white shoes is they get dirty and then they look beat. And no one wants to wear a pair of beat shoes. So I love that you can wash them as well. I did reach out to the company because I really do truly love them. If you look at my videos, I'm wearing them a lot. 
and ask them for a code. I haven't heard back yet, but I will add it in the show notes when they send that over with a link to their page. But again, those are fantastic lifting shoes. They're flat. They're comfortable. I can feel my feet in them. They're grippy on the inside, and I literally wear them casually all week long. They're super fun. Another great shoe is Converse Chucks. Yes, just the regular Chucks All-Stars. They're flat. They're grippy. They're a great shoe for lifting. And if you're a power lifter, you might want to look at the Fast Lift Power G380 or the Nike Romulo. I might be saying that wrong. It's R-O-M-E-L-E-O. Those can be really great for power lifting as well. So those are kind of my suggestions for just lifting. I am going to get into cross trainers at the end, which you can lift in cross trainers, and I will see my favorite cross trainers at that point, but those are the shoes that I would do for just lifting. Okay, so let's get into running shoes now. And I do want to say all of the shoes that I've chosen, I'm not linked to any of them. I just, these are the ones that I have tried or I've researched that were great. For running, I leaned heavily into research for this one because I am not an avid runner, and I know if you are an avid runner that shoes make the biggest difference. In fact, I found this quote from Dr. Michael Scalaro from the Cleveland Clinic. It's a foot clinic. And he says, running shoes are the only protective equipment runners have to safeguard themselves from injury. While they may not always make you faster, they can help reduce pain and repeated strain and stress from high impact activity on the joints. I thought that was a really great quote because I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. That's all runners really have to protect themselves is their shoes. So I got a ton of information off foot clinic sites. I'm going to link my favorite one that I found because I felt like a foot clinic would have really, really good advice on what style of shoes to get and what you're looking for and would make a huge difference if you're looking for a solid running shoe. For a running shoe, you do want to make sure that the heel is a little bit thicker because you want it to absorb impact and you want it to have a heel-to-toe drop. That means it's a little bit thicker at the back and then it slowly kind of declines down to the toe so there's a drop there. And that normally you want to match your normal gait for running. So your gait is basically your stride, how your foot lands. And typically your foot lands with your heel and then moves all the way to your toe, which is why the toe is smaller and the heel is a little bit thicker to absorb that impact. For a running shoe, you want it to fit really snug because that's going to help prevent blisters and it's going to help with flexibility and movement. And also, you want to be aware of the structure of the running shoe. So if you're having issues with joint pains or the longevity because of the cushioning of the shoe, you might want to look into a different style of shoe because from everything I researched looking at this, there are so many styles of running shoes. And as you get into picking your running shoe, I highly suggest going into a running store, having them look at your running patterns because everyone does run a little different. I've been into a running store before and they have you get on the treadmill and they track your foot pattern and then they can suggest which shoe is best for you. You can even go into a foot clinic and get an evaluation. I know a lot of the foot clinic sites I was looking on, a lot of them did these foot evaluations. And I think about if I was an avid runner and running miles and miles and miles week in and week out, I definitely would get an evaluation to make sure I had the right running shoe for my foot style. But in general, you do want to have that little bit higher heel to absorb that impact and then also just that drop down a little bit and some cushion in that midsole to help support the arch. So here's a couple of things you need to be aware of as well when you are picking running shoes. You need to be aware of the surface that you are running on. Are you running on sidewalks? Are you running on the track? Are you running on the beach or on grass? 
all of these things are going to affect how you run. And they even have different running shoes for that style of running. It's why they have road running shoes. It's why they have cross trainer shoes. And it's why they have track running shoes. So there are lots of different styles of even running shoes based on the surface that you're running on. You also want to be aware of your foot type, which is why I suggested going into a clinic and get evaluated because I didn't know this, but there are three different ways that a shoe is categorized. So they have a natural a stability, and emotion control running shoe. And all of them vary based on the height of the arch and your pronation. So that is the amount that like your ankle rolls inwards or outwards. And you can get a different shoe based on those three things because they're gonna influence your running gait. So that's another reason why you need to get that evaluation. And most of the time in the running stores, they're free because you're gonna walk away with a pair of shoes. So go do it. The next thing you do kind of want to think about is if you already have injuries. So if you already have injuries like arthritis or Achilles tendonitis, you might want to get a shoe with a little bit more cushion than less cushion to help make those joints nice and comfy. And I really appreciate this four tip that I found on the Foot Clinic page where it talked about choosing a shoe for comfort and the right fit for you instead of how it looks. I can honestly agree with this because I have a pair of walking shoes that is really ugly. (laughs) In fact, every time I wear them, like we'll be on vacation and I'm like in a normal outfit and I'm in like these big fluffy walking shoes. I feel like I'm walking on a cloud and they're so fantastic. And my husband's like, oh no, not the walking shoes. And I'm like, I know they're fantastic. My feet feel great. (laughs) My knees feel great. My hips feel great. So don't worry about what they look like. Worry about how they make your body feel when you're picking a running shoe. I did a ton of research to find the best running shoes because as I mentioned, I'm not a huge runner. I went on running.com. I went on a million different runner blog sites and orgs like private nonprofits and all kinds of things. And the best ones that people suggested were Brooks, Sacconis. And someone told me that it is pronounced Sacconis. I don't know which one it is and I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but they have an endorphin elite shoe, which is pretty popular an Ultra, Hoka's, Asics, or OnCloud. And I was also read in a lot of different places that the Adidas Ultra Boost Light are also a really good running shoe. So go into a shoe store, have them check your gait. Those are a handful of good ones, but they're going to have really good ideas for you there as well, which are going to be really helpful for making your runs more efficient. Next, you may be asking, so can you walk in your running shoes? Is that activity kind of the same? And technically you can, but walking shoes are a bit heavier than running shoes because walking shoes are meant for walking and running shoes are meant for speed and to absorb shock. Remember, you've got an impact. And if you are running more than four or five miles a day, like multiple miles, that impact adds up, which is why you need that shoe for running. But if you're just walking, you're gonna be focusing a little bit more on stability and your shoe can have a little bit more cushion. As I mentioned, I have a walking shoe because I do like walking a lot and mine are Hoka's. I love them. As I mentioned, they feel like a cloud. I feel very stable in them. I can wear them all day long, especially when my hips started acting up last summer. I wore them day in and day out and they just were very comfortable. So you can wear your running shoes to walk, but just realize you are going to wear them out a little bit faster. And if you're not a runner and you do enjoy walking, just get a pair of walking shoes. The companies that do walking shoes are pretty much all the same ones that do the running shoes. So again, you can look at those Brooks, Sacconi, or Sacconi, Ultra, Hoka's, Asics, OnCloud, Adidas, and plenty of other companies that I'm not naming, but those tended to be the most popular ones that I found. Now, as for your running shoes, I do want to point out when you need to replace those. So 
thinking about the amount of miles they're getting makes a huge difference. But let's start with just some signs that they need replaced. So the one thing is you can look at the midsoles and see if they have wrinkles there or if they're tough. The midsole, if you press your thumb into it, it should feel like spongy because that's the cushioning. But if it's tough, that means that cushioning has been like pressed down and it's not doing its job as efficiently. So that's one sign you might need to get them replaced. Also pay attention to if you have more aches and pains or if your feet feel sore after a walk or run. Sometimes having the wrong shoe or a lack of cushioning can even cause some shin splints if you're not in the right shoes for that or if you're just wearing in a shoe, that can make a difference. But if it's been a long time since you had them, that can be a sign. Running shoes also normally last 300 to 500 miles. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I read that, I was like, no, (laughs) that's so long. And I went on and looked at multiple different articles on it, and they actually all said the same number. So I guess that really is the number, but that surprised me. That seemed like a long time. So I would remember that, but I would go off the other signs of the midsole being squished, new aches and pains, if your feet are sore, and then the last one is if the tread is wearing uneven at the bottom. So if you're noticing the tread is uneven on the sole, that's another sign that you'll probably need to get a new pair because it could be messing up your biomechanics and your running gait. Okay, the last category I'm gonna go into today for exercise purposes is a cross trainer. A cross trainer is a hybrid type of athletic shoe designed for athletes to move in multiple different directions. So it's basically a mix of a lifting shoe and a running shoe. So it's perfect for lifting and hit type movements where you're moving laterally or any aerobic activity. It has the aspects of a running shoe, a tennis shoe, a volleyball shoe, and they have the cushion and the heel that can help with that, but they also provide that stability of the side-to-side movement. Cross trainers often have a little bit of a flatter sole, but they still have a little cushion in there, and even with that cushion, it allows you to run really short runs, like typically up to 5K. So they don't want you running long miles in a cross trainer, but if you're doing something like CrossFit or just running to warm up a mile or two at the gym, cross trainers are great idea if you're doing that and then you're switching over to lifting. They're also really perfect for HIIT training or fitness classes. So basically, I'm saying they're super, super functional for jumping, short runs, and dynamic moves. I personally own a lot of cross trainers because I do kickboxing. I like HIIT style, like plyometric stuff, and I really like lifting. I tend to have a lot of cross trainers. As I mentioned, I do have a separate walking shoe, and I do have some separate lifting shoes based on my activity, so I don't think it's a bad idea to have more than one, but if you're saying, Andrea, I can only afford one pair of shoes, or I only want one pair of shoes, I would go with a cross trainer as long as you're not an avid runner, and you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck in being able to wear them the most often. I personally am a massive fan of Reebok Nanos. If you look in probably 85% of my videos, I'm in Reebok Nanos if I am lifting and doing any type of cardio activity. Sometimes when I'm just lifting, I'll be in my flat shoes, I'll be in the Flux shoes, or I'll even wear Air Jordans because those are really flat. But when I am doing any type of cardio and lifting, I'm always in a cross trainer, and I would say probably seven out of 10 times, my cross trainer is a Reebok Nano. I also read that the Reebok Nanos have a little bit of a wider space for your feet. They're for wider feet, apparently. I don't really have a right foot, but I still really love them. They're definitely by far the most comfortable for me. I've never had feet issues, and I do a lot of funky movements, 
and they make such a big difference for me. I also own Nike Metcons. Those are also made for obviously hit style movements, so those plyo moves, those kickboxing, any type of hit workout, but also for lifting. I know for CrossFit, people really like the Reebok Nanos or the Nike Metcons. You can also use the Nike Free Metcons. I know those are really good for hit as well. I will also say, because I am as honest as they come when it comes to apparel, is the Nobles are supposed to be cross trainers. I am not listing them under cross trainers because I do not like how they feel when you move laterally. When I got them, I thought I was going to wear them more like a cross trainer because that's how they sell them. But for me personally, everyone may be different. For me personally, when I was doing kickboxing and moving lateral or any type of jumping activity, I just felt like there was no middle ground in them. They felt like a pure lifting shoe. So I own a pair of Nobles that I only wear when I lift. I do not personally recommend them for a cross trainer. Again, I'm not an affiliate, so that's just the truth for me, but they technically are a cross trainer. I just wouldn't use them for that. I would stick with the Reebok Nanos or the Nike Metcons. The next shoe that I personally want to try that I did a ton of research on today but I don't own is the OnCloud X3. I don't own a pair, but they look pretty awesome. I've read that they're really great for hit. They have a little bit of a different sole, so I'd have to feel those out for strength training, but I think that they look really agile. So the next pair of cross trainers I get, I'm going to try that pair myself and see how those go, but I read a ton of really good reviews on them online for a cross trainer to be able to do that athletic activity with dynamic moves and still be able to lift. Also, the Ultra Solstice XT2 looked like really good cross trainers as well. They were still pretty flat. They still had that cushion. And it also said that it had like a wider toe box to be able to spread your toes, to be able to feel better what your toes and your feet are doing while you're lifting if you're not barefoot. So that looked like a really good option too. I don't own either of those last two pairs, but I read really good reviews on them. So I thought they were definitely worth mentioning. Now, no matter what your activity is and what you're focusing on, I think it is worth having a good, solid shoe to support that. If you are only a lifter, you can get a lifter shoe. If you are someone who likes lifting and doing some cardio, I would get a cross trainer. I think cross trainers are really effective because you can lift in them and you can do dynamic movements in them. If you are someone who is mainly a runner, I would get a solid pair of running shoes and then still a pair of either lifters or cross trainers to lift in and do other activities in. I definitely would mix it up. I do suggest if you're doing a mix of activities that you do have more than one pair of shoes, at least to support that activity, even if it's just two, maybe a pair of running walking shoes and then a pair of lifting shoes. And I will also say that shoes I lift in or do cross training in, they do not wear out to me as fast as a pair of running or walking shoes seem to wear out. The guidelines for lifting shoes wearing out were a little bit different because you had to look for the tread wearing out, but they're not getting the mileage like the pounding like a running shoe is. So there weren't as many clear guidelines, but if you are having a and pains out of the blue or your feet hurt after your lifting, those are also signs that you might need to replace your lifting or cross trainers because maybe that's causing problems. But again, those shoes are a little flatter. They don't have the cushion, so they don't wear out near as fast as a running or a walking shoe will. So they just have a longer shelf life in general. So you more look for the tread wearing down on those. 
I hope this episode was helpful in making you think about your footwear and how it's helping you personally. I know if we have the right footwear on, I think it can help prevent a lot of aches and pains and a lot of injuries because a lot of things come from your feet. The kinetic chain is real. And if our feet are imbalanced, it's going to put an imbalance in our ankles and then our knees and then our hips. And it just works its way up. So having the right shoe for your activity to make sure, one, the activity is more effective. And two, you're having less aches and pains and you're feeling awesome doing that activity. All right, that's it for today. As always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. And we'll chat next week. 